You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is All the Fixins. Does anybody know what all the fixins means? The definition is actually all the trimmings, condiments, and accompaniments that are desired or considered standard for a particular dish. You might have a ham cooked for Christmas and then all the fixins. And I don't know what you grew up with, but let's say Thanksgiving turkey. And if I leave something out, you can scream yours out. Turkey stuffing with onions and celery Mashed potatoes, gravy, green beans, wild rice, sweet potatoes, and I add here marshmallows that are not burned, but, right? Can I get an A? Can I get an amen on the marshmallows on the sweet potatoes? Corn, dinner rolls, cranberry sauce, and pumpkin pie. What did I leave out? Sweet potato pie. Okay. So, green bean casserole. Well... I never was crazy about that, so we won't get an amen on that. So, if you have a hamburger with all the fixings, what is it? Tomatoes, pickles, ketchup, whatever else you come up with. Cranberry sauce. Oh, that's terrible. Terrible. Cranberry sauce. Uh, Bacon. All right. Onions. Jalapenos. (laughs) Okay, enough of that one. Uh, How about barbecue? If you're having barbecue meat, you got to have what? Baked potatoes, coleslaw, potato salad. Cornbread, okay, whatever you want to do. Fried okra, okay. Fajitas, grilled onions, green peppers, sour cream, cheese, whatever they said, whatever they said. And somebody even added Chinese food. What do you want with your fixings? Wonton soup, egg roll, lots of rice, and a fortune cookie at the end. And then there can be fixings, fixings can have fixings. So baked beans made with added bacon or toppings for a baked potato, and on and on. So what are the fixings for being a Christian? So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We may jump around a little bit instead of just going left to right completely today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's look at verse 11. And this is what it says. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to talk about building on that foundation. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So you say, well, I got the slab. Jesus is a slab. I'm a Christian. I got the slab. Okay, so you got a slab. Now, that's not a bad thing to have. But if you've ever driven by somebody's property and they have this slab on this piece of property and they didn't turn it to a basketball court, they didn't do a tennis court, it's just this slab And you say, what is this slab about? Well, I'm fixing to build me a house. Yeah, but this slab's been here for like 20 years. 
so when are you fixing to do this? So people say, well, but I got Jesus, and I'm not discounting getting Jesus. You can have Jesus as your Savior and not have him as your Lord and build absolutely nothing and end up at the end of this 1 Corinthians 3 passage when your slab is put to the test and you got nothing to show for it. It says, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. This is not how you want to go out. I've actually done funerals for people, and in one case, I kind of hesitated to do this, but I said to the person's sister and to the parents, I really don't know how to tell you this, but I think your son got taken out, and they didn't disagree. Now, this is an extreme beyond what I'm just talking about here. This is a miscalculation on a lot of Christians' part. They say, well, I got Jesus, and then I'm just going to live like hell. And some people would say, like hell you are. Like that can't happen. You say, well, what do you mean? God wouldn't take me out. I'm his child. If he thinks you're better off at the house than here, he'll take you to the house. If you're trampling underfoot the gospel, if you're just making a complete mockery of his name and who he's trying to turn you into and you just shut down, he has his ways of just taking you home. Now you say, well, should I live in fear of that? I don't know about living in fear of that. I would just say, you need to think a minute and say, okay, I got me a slab. What am I doing with that slab? What are the fixings that go with this that will change my life? Now, you know, you're going to call me or email me and say, well, you left this out and left that out. I'm going to give you a few of the fixings. And one of them is in Matthew chapter seven, Matthew seven, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, Jesus speaking here, and does them. One of the basic fixings of following Jesus and knowing Jesus is you hear what he says and then you do it. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The slab is applying what you know to do, right? So we encourage people, and I'll get to this in a minute, we encourage you to read your Bible. This is where reading your Bible falls completely apart. If you read your, the scriptures and you see something it says to apply to your life and you go, yeah, that's interesting, but I'm not doing that, you're dead in the water. You're building nothing. It's going nowhere. You read the scripture with the intent of doing what it says, not just seeing what it says. Then the next guy, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Why did it fall? It's not that you don't know Jesus, it's that you won't do what he tells you to do. I sat with a woman the other day. She was having some challenges. And I looked at her and I said, you are going to end up like the five women that you spend the most time with. And you're in a tough spot right now and you've run with the wrong crowd and you have a shot at changing your running buddies. And I say this to people for decades. He said, well, what did she do? I don't know yet. I haven't seen her yet. Well, what's going to happen to that person? The same thing is going to happen to me or you if you don't start applying some of what you know and hear, right? You have to apply. James 1, similarly, down in verse 22, James writes here, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer of the word. 
Because if you're just a here and you don't do anything with it, what are you doing? You're deceiving yourself. So I grew up around this. People go to churches, they sit in a church, they listen to the sermons, they do nothing with it, but how do they deceive themselves? Well, I went to church, which you can't do biblically anyway. You have to, church is not a place, it's a people. So if you show up at a gathering of a church and you listen to someone teach or in a Bible study, a class, whatever it is, you hear something and you say, okay, I did it. That's what you're supposed to do. You are deceiving yourself, thinking that you can just listen and do nothing. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. It's, it's so simple. You want to change your life? Apply the scriptures. Now, back to the lady that I said, the five people you run around with. When you make a switch like that, when you make a switch to run with different people, different men, different women, when you make a switch to apply the scriptures instead of just read them, then you're going to be uncomfortable for a season because the old crew that you ran with, you did what the flesh wanted to do, what they wanted you to do. And it's, you know, then this next bunch of women are going to be challenging you and it's not going to be comfortable. Well, I want to do what I want to do and I want to do it. I don't want accountability. I've already talked to a guy today who said he's found himself living in a place he's by himself. He's not used to being alone. And so there's a whole new set of challenges that comes with being alone. Even if you live alone, don't be alone. Find people that you can call. If you're a guy and you live alone, you get into trouble at night or whenever it is, you pick up the phone or get out of there. Go sit out on the curb for a few hours. Do something, but apply what you know and protect yourself. I don't want to do that. What do you want to do? What are you going to do other than what he left you here to do? Now, part of the reason I make it is I've got some people, there aren't a ton of these. I've got one guy in particular I took on, and within weeks of taking him on, he took two people. He said, can I start meeting with other people yet? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa give me in a couple of weeks. And then he met with some guys. He's like, man, this is what I needed. This is what they need. I'm like, okay, where are those people? You say, well, I'm busy. You're too busy to do what your leader said on the way out. The last thing he says on the way out, go therefore as you're going, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm not just adamant about this because it says it. I would not be standing here if I had not had someone engage with me. I would not be here. I wouldn't have made it. An old man took me on and walked with me and helped me get up and running like a parent is supposed to do with kids. We have to raise our kids. John chapter 13. Now, when he leaves, but what did he say before he left? John 13, 34. This can't get much bigger. A new commandment I give to you. We got 10 and Jesus, God in the flesh says, I've got number 11 to put on the books here. You would think everyone would go, okay, what in the world? You can't add 11 to 10. But he says, a new commandment I give to you. And what is the new commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You don't have an option. Even people that irritate you. And I don't want to show of hands, but if I said, is there someone that's in this church and you're in this church that irritates the fire of you, there'd be some hands go up. Whether they irritate you or not, you have no option but to love them. And some of this stuff is along 
Ethnic lines, we say racial, there's only one race, the human race, so it's really more ethnic stuff, black, white, Hispanic. Well, that white woman, she just says, you know, she said that and does that. I don't like the white women, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Get over yourself. It's a preference, right? Or white people, oh, the, the music. We should just be singing old hymns. That's what stirs my soul. It ain't about you every song, right? And you may not like it here, but then you'll go off to an Elton John concert and la, 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 you know, you're going. Money, it's, a, it's amazing how locked up white people get all loose at a concert. Doesn't make any sense. Unless there's weed or alcohol involved. Some people can't do anything. So, new commandment. I don't have an option. I got a literal neighbor next to my house where I live now. I don't like the man. Now, he's not a believer that I know of. Do you know what? I don't like him. I don't even know him. I just don't like him because we've had some run-ins about stuff being neighbors. Well, how's that going to hold up when I get to heaven? Oh, did your neighbor make it to heaven? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? He's your neighbor. So do I really want to go over there and be nice to my neighbor? No, any more than you do, whoever this person is that irritates you. So I'm not up here telling you I figured all this out. I got some work to do myself, but I'm trying to be honest about it. And I'm also saying I am going to apply this and try to engage. But sometimes we've made such fools of ourselves not liking someone that when we go to approach them in Jesus' name, it doesn't make any sense because you've already screwed it up so bad you got to back out of so much to even get there. I'm trouble with Jesus. There's no telling how mean I'd be without him, right? I feel bad for people already, but me without Jesus, whew. And I am still the worst on the phone. Wow, I just don't need to be answering the phone anymore. Get so impatient with people that seem to be overseas. You know, that's not their fault. I'll just leave it at that. Go back a few pages. Let's do John chapter 8, verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. So there's people he's preaching to, and some will go, he's Messiah. I got it. I believe. Then he specifically said what I'm about to read you. He said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So what is one of these fixings? It's abiding. It's staying connected. It's knowing what the scripture says. It's staying connected, abiding. Don't go away. Stay connected. If you abide in my word, so how do you do that? Every day, every day, every day. Read the scriptures, memorize scripture, meditate on scripture, keep scripture running through your system. Why is that so important? Because if you're abiding in his word, then that proves that you are his disciple indeed. How does that prove that? Because your life cannot not change if you're abiding in his words. So what frustrated the fire out of me as a child is I would go to church and everybody would be dressed right, sound right, talk right. It all looked okay, but then what would blow your mind is these same people that on Sunday were pulling off this act, then you'd see them in business or with their kids or their wives or somewhere else and go, who is this person? And it was such hypocrisy and so confusing that you thought, well, I don't know that I want to be a Christian because I don't want to be that kind of Christian. And so you just can't wait to meet someone who is seamless, who abides. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's an everyday, all the time thing. And it's not that you don't ever screw up or say something wrong or have to apologize. It's just that you're not acting one way here and somewhere different. It's you're, you're his disciple. Everybody knows it. Because you are connected to him in such a way that whatever he says, that's what you say to do. You know, you do it. You apply it. You live it. 
And then what's the result of that? You, then you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And they go on to ask him, well, what do you mean we're not free? And he gets into the issue of sin specifically. You don't have to be a slave of sin. Truth can set you free, but you got to stay connected to the truth. John chapter 15, more of the same theme. If you abide in me, verse seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, why does that work out? If you're connected to him, you know his heart, you're in a relationship with him, you're not just a ticket holder to heaven, but you're walking and talking with God in such a way that you're truly in a relationship. You don't ask God for things he's not interested in giving you. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's it. You say, well, what do you mean that's it? That's it. And I don't know where the line is on this. It's like I've said to you, you know, you can't come up with 10% giving in the New Testament. I can't even come up with on the drinking thing. There's verses about don't drink, verses about don't drink too much. Here's the deal. If you can't do it to his glory, don't do it. Somebody says, well, you know, I can have a glass of wine. Some people can't have a glass of wine. One glass turns into two bottles. Can I get a witness on that somewhere? Yeah. And that doesn't glorify God because you're wasted. Now, you say, well, if I apply that to my whole life, what's going to happen? I don't know, but you'll glorify God. And that can't be worse than what you got. But this is where this falls apart. People say, well, I like Jesus. He's my turkey. He's my slab. I don't want these accessories. I don't want these fixings because he's fixing my life. I don't want it fixed. I want to be me. I want Jesus just to ride. Just get in the back seat and shut up till we get to heaven. And he says, that's not why I saved you. So I get you don't want to change your life. And, you know, I've almost said this already a few minutes ago, and now I'm probably going to save it. I despise going the speed limit. I cannot begin to tell you. I think I'm going to lose my mind. If I get in the right-hand lane and find out what the speed limit is and do that, I think I'm just going to die over there. And all my old buddies are flying by me on the left. <laughs> you say, well, what's your issue? It's my will. Do I want my will or his will? So I don't know what your deal is, but you got one. And my life is either glorifying to him or it's not. First Thessalonians 5. This one's packed in here. First Thessalonians 5, just jump in at 16. Rejoice always. I don't want to rejoice always. That's what he said to do. Pray without ceasing. So prayer, you can't do the Christian life. One of the basic fixings of the Christian life is prayer. So do it without ceasing. Well, I have a quiet time in the morning. I talk to God. Why'd you hang up? Make the call. Don't hang up. Put him on speaker. Let's go. Without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's just three verses. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. I don't want to do that. Then it's... What are we doing? You're picking and choosing and wondering why your life, you don't have joy and peace and love and all the things that it talks about. Hebrews eleven six. We only had a couple more here, so Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who diligently seek him. Anybody got pets? Keep your hand up if you've ever had a dog that got out of the house and got out of your yard and got away, Right? This is a nightmare. You know what you do when you find out your dog's missing? You go look for your dog. And you know how you look for your dog, unless you're glad he's gone or she's gone. 
Most people, when they lose a pet that they love, diligently search for their dog, their cat, until they find it. And if they don't find it, they go to bed upset and they start making pictures up of their ugly old dog and putting it on telephone poles because they're diligently trying to find their dog. So you say, I believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you come to God, you must believe that he is. Okay, you're a Christian, you believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Has it ever occurred to us that we may not find him the way we're supposed to find him because we don't diligently seek him? We look for lost dogs more than we do God. Like, Lord, where are you? What are you trying to do with me? I want to know. I'm not letting go until you reveal what you're trying to do with me. I don't want what I want anymore. He disciplines you. He doesn't get your attention. He turns a dial, turns a dial. Finally, you're like, okay, I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. And he says, then stay with me. Abide. Stay connected. Listen to what I'm telling you. Pay attention. I've got a plan for your life. It may not be comfortable. It may not be your choice, but it's my choice. It's my will, so it's going to be good. So the faith kicks in. And I scribbled in here Hebrews 10, where it talks about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. So this is for some of you who have made it here. You're here maybe once in the last year or something, and we're glad you're here. Welcome back. We'll see you next year. But, you know, for people that are watching and, you know, I deal with business people. I sit down and I, you know, these are people that in some cases support the radio ministry, the television ministry. I don't care. You say, well, what if you call them out? They're not going to send money. I don't care. It's not them. It's God that takes care of this. Right. But I say to them, I say, dude, you're a rebel. You think you can call all the shots. You got money. You're doing what you want to do. And I can stay home and I can go and bada bing, bada boom. You got no church. You're under no one's authority. That's not biblical and you claim to be some godly, mature person. It doesn't work that way. Find a church, get connected to a church. Oh, I visit around, I go to a bunch of different churches. You got no verses for that. Find a place, connect, get with those people. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you're really looking for a way for fixing it, if you're a Christian especially, if we confess our sins, little s, plural, as a Christian, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. People quote this to non-believers. It has nothing to do with a non-believer. You would never sit down with someone who's not a Christian and say, okay, let me get a pad out so you confess your sins. There's no end to that. To become a Christian, you confess that you are a sinner, big S sinner. I guess you'd say that slower always, but big S, capital S sinner. I'm a sinner. Nowhere does he ask you to confess all your sins. But as a Christian, if we confess our sins, so you've got sin in your life, confess it. Let's get back in the battle. And when you confess your sins, what happens? He's faithful, just to forgive your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's pick up where we left off and keep moving. Another phrase about fixing. I'm fixing to do something. There's another way to say it though, and it usually is followed with something like this. I'm finna, kick your, right? It's finna, it's not even fixing, it's finna. F-I-N-N-A sounds like, right? 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm finna, right? <laughs> what are you finna do? What are you fixing to do? When you're fixing to do something, that just means that you're getting ready to do a thing, preparing yourself for whatever task, large or small, lies ahead. Okay, so you've been fixing to build this house for how many years? Let's build a house. I've been fixing to confess my sin, get right with God. Let's do it. Because if you've been fixing to do something that you never do, then you're fixing to be in more trouble like you already are because you just live fixing. And too many people are fixing their own problems, trying to solve it themselves. Well, I'm not going to go to God. I'm going to go to everybody and everything else but God. Go to him. Let him do the fixing because he's the only one that can. And then somebody says, well, I'm fixing to become a Christian. Let's do it right now. Well, I want to think about it. You've thought about it. Well, I'm going to pray about it. What are you going to pray about? Well, I don't know if I'm ready. Of course you're not ready. This is what's so disturbing. I'm going to get my life together and then I'm going to come to Jesus. Who takes a bath before they go to the emergency room? If you're in trouble, you just load up and go. Oh, well, let me do my hair. You're not, you don't need to go to emergency if your hair is your problem. Don't waste their time. You're in trouble. You fixing to get saved? Let's get saved. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.